This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with Grant Williams and Christina Stoyanova. We've got an awesome show for you today. We'll be, of course, doing our Hot 5 uh, app countdown this week. It's the Hot 5 YouTube alternatives. Yes, when you uh, don't like the YouTube, YouTube app anymore, there's others for you to uh, try out. We'll also be uh, checking out the Participation app. Do you remember Participation? I do. They Big have fan. A, They have an app. Yeah. Well, we'll find out uh, what that is all about and how it can help you. And uh, a new game uh, being launched uh, from a developer out of Saskatchewan uh, that we'll be checking out as well. I think it's called Nunu. Nunu. Something like that. Yeah. Well, let's start with the app news, guys. First, uh, Valentine's Day was uh, this past uh, week, and uh, uh, many people who use the dating app Coffee Meets Bagel woke up Valentine's Day to find uh, a notification from the company saying that uh, their account information had been stolen by a third party who gained unauthorized access to the company's computers. Seems like it might be a good time to break up with Coffee Meets Bagel. Well, this is interesting. Uh, The breach was actually discovered... um, as part of that uh, uh, big data dump of, uh, I think, over 600 million uh, account details uh, that went up for sale on the dark web. Did you hear about that? I did, yeah. 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 So, I mean, one of these things that you can find on the dark web is when you're taking a look around through various Tor networks and whatnot, you'll be able to find different caches of user data. And so this was obviously a fairly big one that was out there. And unfortunately, it was only about 600 and some odd megabytes worth of data from uh, Coffee Meets Bagel. But there was enough there. So it was data taken from uh, late 2017 uh, through to mid-2018. Christina, all your information is gone. Hacked. Yeah, I, I might be concerned if I used this app, but uh, <laughs> fortunately, I do not. You know, it, it's just kind of crazy, though. Like, when you think about it, everything is hacked now. Like, where, where, this, this is, where is it safe? This is the first rule of the Internet. If you put something on the Internet, it is not safe. Yes. Right? Like, it, it is going to get so, hacked by so someone. So put the least amount of personal information on the Internet. Or accept the fact that the information that you're putting online is eventually going to be available to someone to use for nefarious purposes should they want to. Yeah, so. the the whole dating app thing is, I think, is a little sensitive, though. And I think uh, there have been some cases where some messages have been hacked and things like that. And I think for some people that might be alarming. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, again, the types of sensitive messages people might send on a platform like this. Uh, so what are your options here, really? Not use them, be a little bit more discreet when you're messaging, use smoke signals. Yeah, I feel like I guess at that point you want to get the conversation off of that app as quickly as possible and move it to something like WhatsApp with where there's a bit of encryption. Are, are we suggesting possibly that people meet face-to-face? Well, in no, person would no. be ideal, yes. <laughs> people don't <laughs> do that. The old-fashioned way. People but. don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh, moving along to some of the other uh, app stories we're following, uh, Apple's Enterprise program is being used by porn and gambling apps. Graham, what the heck? Okay, so this is kind of the, the the thing that we've been running into for the last couple of weeks. We saw Facebook and Google had their enterprise certificates revoked because they were doing some sneaky stuff with them as well. So explain enterprise certificates because most people... Uh, have no idea what that means. Well, I've got an enterprise. Here's a certificate. No. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the way that this works is your Apple iPhone is essentially a walled garden, right? So Apple says that you, your apps can only do certain things, and they do this to protect you because, again, it's very easy to hack these devices if you don't have some of these protections in place. So you know, it prevents uh, apps from, like, say, for example, grabbing audio from the microphone without telling you, or grabbing pictures from the camera without telling you. Um, 
what these enterprise certificates do is they kind of blow the doors off that a little bit because they're saying essentially that inside an enterprise, if you're making an app for your own company, you should be able to create something that you have full control over and have more access to these things because you're taking responsibility for it, right? Yes, because so it's for your, for example, employees. Yeah. And it's you, not going out into the the wild world. Exactly. So an example of an enterprise certificate that some people may be familiar with, uh, Shaw has their Shaw Go Wi-Fi. Yes. Right? And so you can actually add, it's not an enterprise certificate, but it's a security certificate to your phone that will automatically log you into the Wi-Fi. It's, it's a little like that. Similar, okay. but not exact. So what these companies have been doing is they've been using these enterprise certificates, but adding ordinary people to their enterprise roster so that they could install these apps anyway, bypass the app store and bypass all of the safeguards and also Apple's monetization schemes. Kind of a a weird and scary thing. So these particular apps were porn and gambling apps. Yep. They were. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not, not anymore. And, and so this, this is it. I mean, obviously, Apple has been very uh, closely monitoring these types of apps because they have to for legal means. Um, you know, there were uh, a number of apps, like, for example, the uh, the, the Reddit uh, app had to change a few things about how it operated because of the way that uh, it handles adult content. So these uh, these apps essentially were trying to bypass those controls and bypass Apple's control by using these enterprise certificates. The interesting thing is, obviously, there is very much a half-life for how long these things will last, right? Apple is, is always going to find you. So really, this is sort of a get in, make as much money as you can, get out type of scheme. And uh, who knows how much they actually made, but this was a way of routing around it. I feel like Apple is going to be far more guarded with these enterprise certificates going forward. I'm looking at these apps, looking at what Facebook has done, looking at what Google has done. They're kind of looking around at everyone going, we trusted you people and you're killing us here. Well, that brings us into our next story. Christina, uh, this was uh, from digitaltrends.com. Google is insisting that it's uh, doing what it can to purge the Google Play Store, which is the Android app store, of malicious apps. And so that's always been a problem. Like, Apple's been pretty good. You know, a lot of people complain that it's too closed. But you know what? It keeps a lot of the crap out there, and it keeps the phone working properly. Whereas the Google Android phones, there are a lot of uh, apps out there that can hack into your phone. Yes, and they they have been working on enhancing their systems here uh, and their machine learning systems to detect more of these malicious apps. And in fact, they're saying that they've seen a 55% increase in the rejection of apps uh, compared to 2017. Well, doesn't that kind of scare you that they let all that crap get in there in 2017? Well, and, or in and 2016? This is kind of what it comes down to with this walled garden versus sort of this more open ecosystem. Um, you know, I know for myself personally, like my phone is actually, my credit cards are in here, right? My, my personal email is in here. My work email is in here. This is something that I, you know, I need it to operate securely on a day-to-day basis, which is why I kind of look at Android sometimes and I'm like, it's great that people want to use that. I've, I've got an 11-foot barge pole because I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot barge pole. It's just, it's not a secure operating system that I currently want to use. So Google using machine learning is a great step towards locking that down. The question is really, you know, can they actually get ahead of it? Because as soon as you try to make something idiot-proof, the universe makes a better idiot. This is kind of what we've got going on here. They're just, they, they make malware detection, the malware writers get better. This is uh, almost a, a nonstop arms race between these two. Yes, 
they actually did mention that more than 80% of their severe policy violations are made by repeat offenders. So they just get a little smarter and uh, fool the system. Well, this is interesting because they said that they they uh, took down 55% more of these app submissions in 2018 compared to 2017. But there's another story that says in 2017, they actually took down more than 700,000 apps from Google Play uh, because they violated Google's policy. 700,000. And they banned 100,000 developers. So the interesting thing here so is... So how much crap is getting up there? Well, and they're saying it's a 55% increase in rejections, which is amazing. But if there are actually more apps being submitted to the App Store anyway, that also means that there's probably a lot more out there that they're not catching. Of course. You're listening to The App Show right now. We've got a great program for you today, including, uh, including our Hot 5 app countdown. Of course, uh, the Facebook tips, uh, our travel app of the week. But, uh, Graham, you know what time uh, it is? iPhone tip of the week. Unleash the power of your iOS device. What do we got this week, Graham? So this week's iPhone tip of the week actually levers a new feature in iOS 12 called Shortcuts. Have you used Shortcuts? No, not yet. Okay. The, these little shortcuts pop up on my screen. Yeah. I don't know where they're coming from, but... Okay, so that, that's actually actually series suggestions. Oh, yeah. Right? Okay. So Shortcuts is actually... It's based on... A, Something you can make yourself. Yeah, it's based yeah. on an app called Workflow that Apple acquired a couple of years ago. They've turned it into an integrated feature. And so it's, it's actually a really cool thing. If you use Find My Friends, you can set it up to uh, have a one-touch button to go and find that friend if you're, uh, if you're sharing a location uh, automatically. So to get this app, it's not actually downloaded to your phone automatically. You have to go get it. So go to the App Store, search for Shortcuts, and download it. Now, when you open the app, you'll actually see uh, Get Started. Tap on that, and that will take you to the gallery. And inside the gallery, you'll find all sorts of really cool shortcuts there. So I've actually got one that um, when I'm on my way home, I can tap one button. It will turn my lights on to a certain level, and it will unlock my front door as part of HomeKit. Oh. Easy. Just runs that automation very simply. It just, so that's a, an app you're tapping? So I actually make a shortcut and I put that on the home screen. So it looks like an app. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just a one-button touch. Um, so what I'd recommend is actually going and exploring all the shortcuts that are available because there are some really cool features there. Um, there's a fun I, haven't, I haven't tried that out. Well, there's a fun one that will actually take a screenshot that you've taken and put it into the frame of an iOS or a, an iPhone. So it looks like the, the, the uh, screenshot's actually on the phone. And then you can send that. It's kind of cool if you're writing articles about tech, which is something that we do. Yeah. So very neat. So that is Shortcuts. Go look for it in the App Store, download it, and check it out. When we come back from the break here on the App Show, we're going to check out the Participation app. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in the studio. We've uh, got a cool app next uh, up. Uh, it's the Participation app. Remember Participation? Well, that's still going strong, and they've got an app to help us make, uh, help make us even healthier. On the line, we've uh, got uh, a guest from the Participation folks. Her name is Dr. Lee Vanderloo, and she's the exercise scientist over there. Thanks for joining us, uh, Dr. Is it Dr. Vanderloo, right? Yes. Thanks for having me. Uh, so how, how does one become a chief, or sorry, uh, an exercise scientist? Oh, well, um, I have my PhD in health promotion, specializing in pediatric exercise science. And so it kind of just went from there. And I had a huge interest in public health and knowledge translation. And participation is definitely um, a national thought leader in physical activities. So it just seemed to naturally align and be a good place to apply my skill set. 
tell our listeners uh, what participation's overall uh, uh, goal is. What, what are they all about? Yeah, so um, participation is Canada's kind of leading and premier brand in terms of physical activity promotion, and so. Our main mission is really to help all Canadians of all ages and abilities to move more and sit less, obviously with the ultimate goal of helping everyone achieve um, the National Physical Activity Guidelines. Um, But, you know, our whole thing is move more, sit less, and something is better than nothing. So as long as we can help Canadians do that, then I think we're doing our job. Well, it's interesting. I've seen in a press release here that uh, apparently uh, with one of your surveys, 47% of Canadians say Physical activity is increasingly a top area of focus for resolutions. However, only 18% of Canadians currently meet their physical activity guidelines of 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous intense, uh, intensity aerobic physical activity per week. So we're just not cutting it. No, and, and I think it probably demonstrates the fact that I think, you know, despite we have good intentions and despite we know I mean, I think the stats tells us that we value physical activity. We know it's important for us. We know it's good for our health. Um, but maybe just our environment isn't quite there to support us making those healthier, active um, choices. Well, it's interesting because technology is trying to play a role in uh, uh, healthy activity. You know, we've seen Fitbits. Uh, obviously, uh, the Apple Watch has been very popular as well. And you guys are tying in with that uh, with a new participation app available on iOS and Android. Tell us about it. Our new um, physical activity app, which, is, which was just released um, about a week and a bit ago, is really all about helping Canadian adults at, uh, meet their national phys- physical activity guidelines of 150 minutes. So rather than just tracking, you know, how many steps or how many minutes you're doing, which is very important, it's all about ensuring that you're able to set a personalized goal that set to, that is personalized to you and your goals because not one size is going to fit all for everyone. And then ensuring that all of the content, all of the recommendations, everything that you get afterwards is more tailored to you to help support you make the appropriate steps to become more active. And so whether it's from content, goal setting, action planning, as well as a way to kind of track and monitor your progress, that's all built into the app. And of course, we're hoping that the more um, data that we're getting and the data learning that we're applying, we're going to be better able to send out even more personalized information um, to our users. And so does this work right with the wearable devices like the Apple Watches and Fitbits? So right now it connects to um, Google Health and the iPhone equivalent right now. So we just released our MVP. Um, and so the next uh, phase that we're hoping that's going to come out, hopefully in April, May, will then have the feature that it connects to wearables such as Fitbits and Garments. So for right now, if your device, even if you wear them and you feed it as long as it feeds into Apple Health or Google Health, um, rather than the respective device apps, the uh, device will collect and capture all that. And then hopefully in the next couple of months, we'll have it be able to connect to a wider array of um, wearable tech. Is it difficult getting this message out there? Do you think an app like this will uh, inspire Canadians to get a little more active? Um, It's definitely what we're hoping. I think, you know, technology plays such a present and prevalent role in our lives today. So I think it doesn't make sense for us to try to go against that. I think we kind of want to go where people are spending most of their time, and that happens to be on their phones and through a number of different apps. I think what's important is that we want to ensure that it's not just a generic app and that we're building in um, this 
aspect of personalization, tailoring to ensure that it's a unique experience with everyone, uh, to ensure that it's grounded in evidence and theory and behavior change modeling uh, to really help support Canadians to become more active. And so I think that's where our app kind of um, separates itself from the rest. Um, and again, you know, it is our MVP, so we're always looking for improvements, and there will be many more changes, adaptations uh, coming along the way. Uh, but we do encourage, particularly for the next two months, up until March 31st, for more people to get engaged for an increased um, opportunity for uh, prizing. And again, that's another way that we've kind of built in is trying to close that whole feedback loop that, you know, we want to be able to celebrate all of your improvements and all of the milestones you hit, not just hitting your major end goal. So we kind of build in that positive reinforcement, positive messaging. And so this is a great opportunity to kind of get rewarded for all the positive health changes you're doing uh, by receiving uh, numerous entries into weekly, monthly and quarterly prizes. We're talking with Dr. Lee Vanderloo from Participation. They have launched a new app uh, for all you wearable users out there, like the Apple Watch, uh, to motivate you to uh, be healthier and get more uh, activity. A really cool uh, idea. Uh, Dr. Vanderloo, thanks so much for joining us. And where can people find out more information? Uh, definitely visit um, participation.com for more information, or you can go into uh, Google Play or the App Store to download the app directly. When we come back from the break, still more apps to talk about here on the App Show, including our Hot 5 App Countdown, Hot 5 YouTube Alternative Apps. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Still lots to talk about here on the program. Before we get to our Hot 5 App Countdown, and this week it's Hot 5 YouTube Alternative Apps for watching your favorite videos, we have uh, our Facebook tip of the week. What do you have, Graham? So our Facebook tip of the week is actually an extension of something that we've talked about before, uh, secret messages. Do you remember how to start a secret message? No. Right? So tap the new message icon in the upper, uh, the upper, upper corner and hold it down, and you'll be able to see the word secret message. Tap that, and you can start a secret message, which is an end-to-end encrypted message between you and another user. It's only going to be on that device. So if you go from phone to tablet, it won't show up. It's kind of a cool, neat, very secure feature. Uh, the tip of the week this week, though, is being able to set self-destructing messages. Ah, so they can be secret and self-destructing. Right? So after, you're, after your uh, intended recipient has read the message, you can have the message disappear after 10 seconds, a minute, up to a week. And so to do that, look for the little clock icon, tap on that, and set the time that you want the message to be able to last for. As soon as you've done that, any message that you send using this will expire after that person has seen it after that period of time. Very cool. That uh, was our Facebook tip of the week, and now it's time. The Weekly App Hot 5. And again this week, our Hot 5 App Countdown, Hot 5 YouTube Alternative Apps. Uh, so these are apps that let you watch YouTube videos, but through their own interface. And uh, we're going to uh, start off uh, the Top 5 App Countdown with uh, TubeX, Christina. This app will let you keep in touch with the latest trends in the music industry or discover your new favorite song. Uh, the iOS-based app shows the hottest music trends in the country that you're searching from and it has an intuitive interface which makes searching for new songs really fun and easy you can add the songs to an unlimited amount of playlists so it makes it really easy to manage large amounts of music very cool number four on the hot five app countdown we're talking about youtube alternative uh, apps we've uh, got video tube graham yeah video tube stream and play so this is a free app it does have some premium in-app purchases uh and this actually lets you watch uh youtube 
Dailymotion, and Vimeo all in one app. That's nice, it's really having cool. all, all those together. Yeah, so you can take all of those extra apps and you can chuck them in the bin because you can just use this one. Uh, it's a great little app because uh, it does let you log into your various accounts to watch those videos. Um, it does give you a one-of-a-kind widget so you can watch videos in your notification center because that seems like a feature that some people might want. Um, and if you do subscribe to Premium, it does also block ads, which I think anybody who's watched YouTube for any length of time would be very thankful for. Love getting rid of the ads. Number three on the Hot 5 app countdown, talking about YouTube alternative apps, MyTube. And this is another music-related one. Uh, YouTubers who are passionate about music, uh, they'll like this because it offers excellent search tools that lets them find their favorite songs very quickly. You can either search songs by name, album, or artist, and MyTube users can also create their own playlists that uh, can continuously play, while the app also provides the options to share videos to Facebook or even uh, via email. You can save songs that you like on uh, your YouTube account and listen to them whenever you want in just a few simple taps in the MyTube app. And uh, that's the cool thing. Like, I actually use YouTube uh, a lot now for watching music videos. I mean, literally everything is up there. So, uh, you know, whether you're uh, having a look at uh, this particular one, MyTube, or the one, uh, Christina, you were talking about, uh, TubeX, uh, you know, great way to really find your favorite songs or even discover new ones uh, as well. Number two on our uh, Hot 5 app countdown, uh, Christina will let you cover this one, YouTube Plus Plus. This is a free app that's designed to make watching and downloading YouTube videos to your device fun and easy. It blocks ads so you won't have to wait for an ad to get to a certain point or to end before you can skip it. And it also allows you to change the video playback speed forward and backwards. And lastly, it lets you... Uh, disable age restrictions, which may or may not be a good thing, depending <laughs> on who you are. Number one in our Hot 5 app countdown, YouTube Music. Again, another music one. Yeah, and so this actually is a YouTube app. So this is kind of a bit of a cop-out, but it's something that I've really liked over the last little while. If you had a Google Music subscription in the past, you actually flipped over and got a YouTube Music subscription um, as a replacement as they're starting to shut Google Music down. And the reason this app is so great is because it is primarily a music-focused app. So you don't have to worry about video. It's actually just streaming the audio portion. You can stream video if you want, but you get a really great experience in finding great new music. It's also really, really easy to add songs that you like to your own custom playlists. So you can go through and listen to tons of songs all day and start to uh, file away music that you want to listen to a little bit more deeply later on. Um, I had a great time with this. It is free, uh, but if you do want the best experience, you do need a YouTube music subscription, which is about 10 bucks a month. Um, I know I'm on a family plan with a few friends, and so that's $15 a month that gets that whole uh, YouTube music experience uh, for everybody. Thank you very uh, much. When we come back from the break, we're going to find out about uh, an app developer uh, out of Saskatchewan that's got a, a new game that uh, you will like, little digital pets to nice. look after. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Time to talk games. We've got a cool game development development company on the line with us today. They're uh, out of Saskatoon. They're called Noodle Cake. Love the name. And uh, they are releasing or have released uh, a new game called Noah Noah exclusively on the uh, Apple App Store. A Canadian-made virtual pet simulator. Remember Tamagotchi back from the 90s? Well, it's back on your iPhone. On the line, uh, Tony, thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, Tony Kokoluzzi, uh Coca Lucy is uh, director of uh, Wilder Games, and uh, 
tell us about this uh, this new this new app, what it does. Sure. Uh, so Noah Noah is kind of a throwback to um, '90s virtual pet games. Uh, you know the the games that all the kids had on their keychains. Some kids had multiple, um, and it was really just kind of started off as an experimental kind of thing that I was wondering if I could make something similar to that kind of game, and it turned into this thing where I I figured we could just bring it back to um, try to try to bring it back, I guess, and and see what we could do with it. This is kind of cool. So, uh, is it how how difficult is it to play? I mean, if you could play those games back in the '90s, is it kind of really similar to that? Um, to be honest, similarities. I have no idea. I haven't touched one of these uh, <laughs> virtual pets since since the '90s. I guess right. Yeah. Um, I actually I didn't even own any myself. It was all um, my sister and her friends would have them, and every time I get a chance, I would I would try to take it from her and and figure out how this thing works and everything, but. Um, but yeah, I don't, <laughs> to be quite honest, I, I don't even know how it would compare to, to the old classic ones. Um, it really was just kind of an experiment to see how, how well and how, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess how well we could design a virtual pet around the, the constraints that all those old games had, right? And, uh, how many different, um, I, how many different types of pets are there? Uh, right now we have 35, I believe. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, like, how, how long would a, a, a game like this app, game like this, take to develop? Um, I've been developing it on and off for a while now, but I think full-time it took about a year. A whole year. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and for this type of uh, game, again, how many people would be working on that? We've had, I think, five or six people working on and off on it. Um, two people full-time and... Uh, a few more people kind of coming on whenever we needed them. Um, so yeah, about about five. And so uh, the app, I, I believe, is uh, is free. How do you guys make money? Are there in-app purchases to get more pets or eggs? Yeah, there's in-app purchases uh, that allow you to buy items um, that can help your pet if you're in a bind. Like, if your pet dies, there's a way to bring it back if, if you're attached to your pet, I guess. Um, but then we also have... Uh, a very like non-invasive ad system, so players can choose to watch ads, but we never show them an ad that they don't choose to watch. Um, kind of one of our design principles to not force that kind of stuff on players. Um, so hopefully that <laughs> ends up working out for us. Well, it's interesting. You know, we we look at these apps on uh, the phones now, and uh, you know, you said you had roughly five people kind of in and out on this. I mean, it takes takes a lot of effort and, and money to make these 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 games. Like, how do you determine when you come up with an idea? Like, you know, we should go with that one, or no, I, you know, we don't think that's gonna <laughs> gonna gonna sell. Yeah, um, with Noah Noah, um, when we were well, when I started working on it like a long time ago, um, I would show little snippets of it and stuff on, on social media. Um, and every time I did, it seems to get a lot of attention. There were a few articles and everything written about it, even way before it had even come out or was officially announced or anything. Um, I figured, you know, this, this actually might be something good to pursue, if not for the fact that people are at least somewhat interested in it. Um, but like, like all games, I guess, kind of a guessing game. Um, you never really know if something's going to succeed or not. So... I don't really have a great answer for that one. <laughs> no, it's uh, interesting. And uh, you guys are out of Saskatoon. Uh, a lot of developers out there? 
Well, I'm I'm actually in Ontario. Oh, okay. Um, working with working with Noodle Cake, who is out of Saskatoon. Um, but from what I've heard, Noodle Cake um, says that there there tends to be a really good uh, game developer scene in Saskatoon, which is pretty cool. Uh, but I, I actually come from Ottawa, which also has a really great developer scene. So interesting. So you just work virtually on on this type of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Basically, just everyone's working remote. Yep. Is that difficult? Do you find? Um, it can be at first. Um, I I was lucky because the past. Well, I worked on a, a bigger project a while ago that was a full remote team, so I got used to it pretty quickly, um, and kind of found that that's easier. Actually, an easier way for me to work with people. Um, so it's, it's good for me, but yeah, a lot of people do find it pretty difficult. We're talking all about the latest, uh, app, Noah Noah from, uh, the noodle cake folks out of Saskatoon, a free download on the Apple app store, actually exclusively on the Apple app store. So you've uh, got to check it out. We still have lots more to talk about as far as apps are concerned here on the show, including our travel fitness and game apps of the week after this next break. Stay tuned. You're back with the app show. We've got a few uh, minutes left here for some of uh, my favorite app categories. Before we get to the fitness and travel apps of the week, we've got our game app of the week. Graham, and what is it? Uh, so this game, week's game app of the week is Fernflower. And this is available for iOS and Android. It is free, uh, but there are some in-app purchases. And it's an atmospheric game where you're climbing mystic mountains looking for flowers. Looking for flowers. I figure we have been under so much snow nationwide. Yes. That we needed something with a little bit of greenery in our lives. And so uh, you can basically just sort of touch left and right on the screen to, to travel across this mountain and find flowers to pick and collect. It is idyllic. It is wonderful. And it is not minus five in this app. What's it called again? Fern flower. Fern flower. And... For anyone, iOS and Android. It doesn't sound that complicated. <laughs> it's really not. You know, if you're looking for just a chill game, kill some time on the train, kill some time while you're waiting for your car to be dug out of the side of the road, Firm Flower. That's the one to go to. Hey, Christina, it's travel app of the week time. What do you got? We have At Your Gate this week. At Your Gate. Yes. Okay. This is available on on uh, Android and iOS. And this is sort of the Uber Eats of airports. So if you have passed a, a, you know, a food establishment, but you're now in a different terminal or whatever, and you can't oh, get oh, back there oh, oh, I and think you I know are where you're going starving, with this. I love this. you can actually order uh, the food right to your gate. You can actually take advantage of any food vendor in the airport that you're at. See, you know what? It's kind of funny because I do a lot of traveling and uh, I'm, I always have anxiety because I want something to eat. I'm trying to go to my gate, which is always like eight miles away, and I'm passing restaurants. I'm thinking maybe there's some better restaurants just just near my gate. And, you know, you get to your gate after the eight-mile hike and there's not. And yes, you're like, oh, my God, I should have gone to A&W back there. Exactly. There's one lonely restaurant or like a little newsstand that sells chips or whatever, and that's that's all you have. It's the sandwiches wrapped in saran wrap that I look at. I'm like, what are these even doing here? This is <laughs> So i got some questions. Uh, how many airports is this available in, and how long does it take for them to actually do the delivery? Because, you know, when you're in an airport, typically time is not your friend. Okay, so only five airports at this point and all in the U.S., but I think that's going to change. I think this is going to expand. Um, but if you're at JFK, Newark, or in San Diego, you can actually use this app. And the other great thing about it is that you can use it for 
stores as well. So if there was a store that you passed, um, a Mac makeup, perhaps. Or that, you're coming through <laughs> YVR and you're like, you know what? I should have bought that three gallons of maple syrup. Yes. So it's not go. just food. You can get makeup or anything. Yeah. Duty free, yeah. baby. As long as the the uh, store participates in yeah. the app, then you can get it. As for how long it takes to, to do the delivery, I'm not quite sure, Mike. At I think that probably, that probably depends on the food establishment. At your gate? At your gate. I love I you know I just love some of these apps you never would have thought of this right well, it's, you're sitting there and exactly yeah. you're sitting at your gate going, man, I really wish I had have got yeah. that pack of Timbits. This is great. Like either so, you're so far from that place. YVR yeah. and Pearson, if you guys are listening out there at your gate, let's make this happen. I like it. I like it too. I like well it done, Christina. Let's uh, hit our fitness app of the week. Uh, you know, because right now in Canada, anyway, uh, you don't have this app, so you still got to do that eight mile trek. <laughs> uh, this is actually uh, this is an app that Christina and I were talking about yesterday. Uh, finding a little bit of zen. Because getting outside to get some exercise uh, when there is, you know, 14 feet of snow on the ground, if you like to snowshoe, is great. If you like to snowboard, is wonderful. But if you were looking to go for a walk or a run, it's probably not happening. So find a little bit of zen with Headspace. You like Headspace, don't you? I do. I, I enjoy Headspace quite a bit. I've been using it. It's one of my New Year's resolutions to... Uh, perfect or to practice at least meditation. So this is guided meditation. And I noticed that when you said practice guided meditation, you look directly over at Mike. (laughs) I wonder why you need to meditate. I mean, I don't even think we need to comment there. Uh, so, this, so this is a guided meditation app that does take you through a number of exercises. Uh, there is uh, uh, some pricing for it. It's around, what, $12, $13 a month? That's right. But if you buy a yearly subscription like I did, you get a bit of a discount that, on that. Excellent. So, yeah, so there's, there's a lot of good stuff there. And obviously, meditation has been shown to be quite good for your health. So we think that that's a, that's a good choice for this week's fitness app of the week. When you're sitting there at your gate, wishing that you had actually stopped off to get food, realizing you don't have at your gate, you could use Headspace to meditate and feel better as you hear that your flight is delayed. Love it. I love how it's all tied together. Good job, guys. Don't forget to uh, listen to our podcasts. Uh, Not only do we have the app show, we also have Get Connected, our sister tech show. Yes, we do. And that's available on the Apple uh, iTunes store as a podcast to download or to stream. You can find it on Spotify. And it is also on Google Music. So if you do have the YouTube Music app, you should be able to find us there as well. So give us a subscribe. And if you like us, uh, send us a review. And if you don't like us, uh, forget to. Thanks uh, to both Christina and Graham for putting the show together. This is Mike Graham and Christina signing off for the app show. We will see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.